welcome to another episode of Keeping It Rail. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics we'll explore, remember that the areas you're moving into are always most important. Always prepare for what you're about to do and always know what's happening while you're doing it. That's how you move to protect others and yourself. Now, from headquarters, here's our host, Jason Francis. of Keeping It Rail. Who do we got today, Travis? Today we have our Director of Refrigerated and Dedicated Operations, Eric Wilson. How you doing, Eric? Good. Good to be here. Thanks, uh, Jason and Travis. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to have you here. And then he just leaves it to me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I looked at him. <laughs> Travis is good at leaving it to you, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. So, little history on you. Sure. When did you come to rail? Sure. I mean, how long have you been here? Uh, so I am going on. I just had a 15-year anniversary in September. Before that, I actually was with rail for about two and a half years, and I left for a year. Um, probably the biggest mistake I ever made in my career. It's probably made me appreciate this company even more uh, from there. So started out as a fleet manager when I was first here. Came back in and worked in the recruiting department mainly with the owner-operator group. Um, some of you guys might remember Dan Bennett, um, but Dan Bennett and I ran the owner-operator group for quite some time um, over there and dealt with contracting, et cetera. And I moved into a fleet operations manager role over in the uh, operations side and gradually have moved up to the position I'm in now uh, from there. So a lot of history, a lot of uh, interesting changes as we've seen, seen a lot of people uh, come through and a lot of drivers have a lot of relationships you know i'm looking over here at jason i can remember when uh, when rail transport bought brock transport and i remember walking in the first day and 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 jason not being the happiest person in the world um, i was but not and and now and now he is inside being a fleet manager in the office with us so i think that i think of all the time that's a pretty cool success story um, from there and what this company really means to certain people and how we treat people yeah, that's the Eric that you mentioned was with Kevin. Yes, during yes, the yes. Kevin, Kevin podcast. Brought the, we, we brought this up with Kevin on the last yeah, podcast. It, 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 it was Kevin and I that were the ones that walked in that day. Yes, I so. think it's I think it's funny. Now you mentioned you've only been here fifteen years, so you were relatively new here when that happened. Uh, it wasn't that new. That we were we were <laughs> five like, or six. That was years less than ago. ten years ago. That was yeah. ten right. years ago. Oh, now. 10, so, now, so it was almost six. At that point, and remember, there was two and a half years before that, Jason, oh, okay. just because it was a year hiatus in between. I just, <laughs> I, I feel bad. I've, I've apologized to you guys. I didn't over even, I didn't even say what happened, and I'm not going to. I don't know, well, we, we told the story on the last. <laughs> yeah, we podcast. got the story. Let's go back to. <laughs> a I, weeks ago. I feel, I feel bad, and I've apologized to you guys <laughs> over the time. You know, it, it was mostly the element of surprise in that. Sure. Because yeah, well, obviously, they, obviously you, we didn't hold it against you because we're here now. Yeah, you guys did a really good job of keeping that merger secret, <laughs> because none of Brock's drivers knew it was happening, and we came in one day and suddenly I worked for Rail, and it was it was mostly the shock and surprise. I was very angry, I admit, but it turned out to be a really good thing. I've I've been here almost ten years now, and it's 
It's been great. Refrigerated, dedicated. Where do you see us moving in your area? You know, I think uh, I think that's a great question right now with where the economy is at, Travis. I think ultimately we'd love to have more dedicated customers. Um, it, it's good work for the drivers. Um, they most of the time know exactly what they're doing. It usually pays well, so that's a, that's a good piece of it as well. Um, I think it's a little tougher right now, though. I think the amount of trucks that the availability and that are on the market makes it a little tougher. Um, we've done a really good job of holding on to the dedicated business we have because of our service. You know, we're spending a lot of time with our current customers. I can think of four or five new customers that we have ready to come on board um, that are going to offer more freight and some different availability for freight. So we just have to keep working it. In a, in a tough environment like this, uh, there's just you just keep working it every day. And I think the big thing that drivers can do is really be the face of our of our organization to our customers. You know, that's who our customers see. And when they do a great job, it allows us more opportunity. Uh, you know, Kevin talks about that a lot. He sees a lot more customers than I do. Uh, and he just talks about how proud he is of our drivers and what they represent for us. So I think that's a really big piece for, for drivers that are listening to this right now that, you know, when they do it, Thank you. Yeah, that's a big thing is thank you and continue to continue to do that. And when they continue to do that, they continue to see those miles accumulate, right? Absolutely. Get a good I paycheck. Think, I think it's uh, that, that's just part of the game, you know, as they do and as, as they see customers for sure. When I go and I, I do have some customers that I see regularly because we have some dedicated accounts that we go see and talk to. Our drivers are professional. They they go in, they make relationships with people, they understand what's needed, and they go above and beyond. And I, that's something to be really proud of at, at Rail Transport. And it's for every driver that's a part of that, it's something to be proud of. They, they do a really good job servicing our customers. I mean, the reality is, is I've talked a lot about what Kevin and I do to, to help get business. Our drivers are really the ones helping getting business, and they make it easy for us to sell rail. And when a driver out there encounters someone with a bad attitude, don't let it get your attitude bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody can have a bad day. So you just got to choose to how you handle yourself. Yeah. I mean, we don't want it. We don't want anybody to be in a tough situation or be uh, best way to put it, talk down to, et cetera, like that. Let, let us know and let us handle it. Just, you know, remove yourself from the situation and let us deal with it for you um, to, to make sure we don't get anything escalated. Driver listen out there, you don't need that. Right? Right. They They don't need that. No, agreed. And we don't want them to have that, so let us help. Yeah. Best thing I can say to that. I mean, we can't control how people are going to behave, other people. People have bad days. You know, I mean, every driver has a bad day, too. I mean, you look at it and go from there. Um, Chalk it up as a bad day and and move on and let us know if there's something we need to do. Yeah. So why, what are some reasons that a driver would want to go to the reefer division? I mean, comparatively speaking, it pays a little more than dry vans, right? Um, are there any other incentives why they would want to join the reefer division? Well, I think you hit the first one, Jason, and and I'm just laughing a little bit when you say that because I've always I deal with the recruiting department a lot, and I say I don't, I don't understand why you can't get everybody to come to reefer. Who wouldn't want to at least try it for five, six, seven cents more, depending on where you live and what you're doing, a mile than a van guy. Uh, it's not as simple as that. I get that. But the cool thing about rail is that you can always try refrigerated. And if it's not something you like or it's not a fit, you have other options. I think that's that's what sets us apart in a lot of companies. Your next question asking, you know, why? First and foremost, I think we can do some things that maybe some other 
companies or divisions sometimes can't. We're able to create what we call tours quite a bit. It's coming a little bit harder, but we're able to say we've got some density, for example, in the Wisconsin market that goes out east. And a lot of people say not out east, but we're able to go to the same places in a lot of different times where you're, you're going to hit the same customers and shippers, consignees, um, and go, we can create some tours where you're doing the same thing weekly. Um, I think also we've, we've done a lot of stuff with uh, when you take in with inter-Wisconsin. So if you're a driver that's in Wisconsin, we're able to do what's called our Dairyland fleet. And they're home weekly. We've able to carve out some home daily positions out of that because of density um, from there. I think the other part about, honestly, the reefer division that's pretty cool is as you start to get into it and understand, we're not just hauling what we used to haul was like just cheese and, and, and uh, dairy products. We're starting to haul a lot of different food grade products that as we go, they're always going to have to be hauled. You know, food, people need to, be, need to eat. And so as you go and you start hauling that stuff, I believe there's probably a little bit more consistency in that because of that piece of it. So I think those things probably do set that apart a little bit. Um, one of the biggest complaints that I always hear from reefer drivers when they're starting is, I kind of want to go to a van because the reefer guys end up sitting all the time at these customers. Is there anything that we're doing to try and help that? You know, I think the first thing I would say to that, Jason, is especially when you get a new driver who has heard all the horror stories about, and they're out there, um, about refrigerated and sitting at grocery warehouses. That's what I hear the most. And what I would tell you, I'm not saying we never go to a grocery warehouse, but we go to a lot less than most refrigerated carriers. We're more DC to DC. If you really look at our detention times and we can look, we aren't that much further off than van. One of the other things that I hear, um, we're here shooting down myths here. <laughs> One of the other things I hear is that, oh, I don't want to go to reefer. You go to those grocery store warehouses, you got to unload all the time. You got to do stuff like that. I know that it's not true, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> so do, we, do we use lumpers? Is that? Yeah, we do use lumpers. I did honestly. We don't treat it any differently than van. If, if somebody's going to need to be unload the trailer, or we're going to hire a lumper just like we are in the van division. It's no different. So that 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 myth is easily debunked really quickly in the fact that we do the same process as we do in any other division. So except for flatbed, I'm talking. I'm talking the boxes, and yeah, is yeah. really what I'm talking. So about. a reefer dry, refrigerated fleet driver, somebody pulling a refrigerated trailer. Uh, if they don't want to unload stuff, they're not going to be unloading stuff. Is that true? That is correct. I mean, we we are. I'm not saying they're never going to be asked to assist um, from there. There may be an assist to help get stuff to the back of the trailers. Like it's going to be very minimal. This is uh, when they when he says assist. I've been in that situation. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's take the pallet jack, slide it under the pallet, and push it to the back of the trailer where they grab it with the forklift. It's not a it's not a hard thing to do. And I think Jason can probably talk to that. That's not very often. No. That's not very often. Most of the time, they're they're going in the trailer and getting stuff out. Most no. of the time, they don't want us to touch it, to be honest. Since, since COVID came along, most of the time, they don't want us in the warehouse at all. Yeah. A lot of times, you get to you get to a place and a, you know, there's just a check-in window, and then they tell you to go sit in your truck, and that's pretty much all there is. Yeah. So refrigerated, clean trailer, seal on the trailer, right? Lock? Absolutely. Having a clean trailer before you go into customers. Uh, you need to take a look at the trailer. It can't be, oh, I think it's clean. It has to be clean. We're, we're loading food-grade product. There can't be little pieces of wood in there. There can't be a smell or an odor. 
Uh, and if they've got a question or problem, they have a trailer that has that, they need to call and we got to figure out how to get that washed out and cleaned up. Seal, always seal. Seal integrity is huge. Um, and I, I believe that's with van and reefer. I think it is just magnified a little bit with reefer because of the food and the things that can happen. Uh, what I would, two things that I would ask there is make sure that it's sealed when you leave a customer, that they put the seal on and that they note it. It needs to be noted on the bill of lading. And it's got a number on it. You can look on the bill of lading to match the number. And so they match and make sure that's on there. And then you hit another thing. We need to have locks on the trailers. So you're all issued every, I shouldn't say you all, every driver is issued a padlock from rail. If they don't have one, they need to get to a maintenance or to the terminal and get to the, the parts desk and get one. That lock should be on the trailer all the time going on the road. And what I would ask is that they do that even empty. I think you got to get in the habit of having a lock on the trailer. Uh, and it just, it's going to, think about it this way. A lot of people talk about, you know, I don't want to be delayed. I don't want to be, it, it takes time to do that. I can tell you right now, if we have somebody break into a trailer and something's stolen, you're going to be delayed for a long time. And we, we've got to make sure that we have security on our trailers. So from there, we make it pretty simple. I know, Jason, you've done it. You've seen it. Um, our, our trailer locks are not hard to use. Um, and it's not. a really easy way to keep yourself out of trouble and keep people from getting in the trailer. And I talk about this all the time. You go to a truck stop, and let's say you're parked for the night. you got a trailer. you got a lock on your trailer door. Look how many people don't. They're not going to screw with your trailer. They're just not because it's easier to go somewhere else. And I think that's the best piece of advice we could give them at this point. I always get – I have new drivers, so they're not familiar with everything. Um, the first question they ask me when I – when I do an onboarding call, I tell them to make sure they lock that trailer all the time, whether it's empty or loaded. First thing they ask me, why in the heck am I lo- locking up an empty trailer? And some of the reasons I give them, you know, you're sitting in a big city. Uh, we don't want a homeless person up in the back of there and that you take yeah. for a 100-mile drive. Yep. We don't want somebody putting something in the trailer. We just basically don't want anybody messing with our trailer. And it's a great habit. And, and it's a great habit, yes. Yeah, I, think, I think that's a great point, Jason. I think that... We don't want anybody to know whether it's loaded or empty. I mean, that's the real, it, all the rail trailers got a lock on them. That's what we want people to think. And I think, you know, Jason, that's, that's a horror story for any driver. You put a human being or, you know, I've heard of horror stories not with our company of somebody putting a dead body in a trailer. You know, that's not something you want to deal with. And so for the drivers listening out there, you think about that for a second. It puts it in perspective pretty quickly. Yeah, just put anything weird in the back or somebody that yes. like, crawls in there to sleep because it's, you know, out of the wind or whatever. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yep. And then uh, when they fuel up their truck, they're going to, a reefer driver is going to have to fuel up their refrigerated engine, right? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, our rule of thumb is anytime they put fuel in the truck, we should fill the, the reefer. I think the, you hit another piece of it, though. Whenever we're dropping a trailer, we want to we fill the trailer up. You know, we go into a customer and we want that trailer full so that we don't know how long it's going to take for them to unload it, if it's going to be a drop. But we also want it ready for the next person to pick up and take. So a good rule of thumb is when you leave a trailer, leave it full of fuel. Top I mean, And if you're dropping a relay somewhere and you got a, got a load, empty or loaded, drop it in our yard with full of fuel. Top that off before you go. You're never going to get a question on, well, can I get fuel here for the reefer? No, stop it and get the fuel for the reefer, get it full. Saves a lot of hassles later. Saves a lot of time, too, when we get to customers where we're dropping the trailer. They won't let you in the gate with less than three-quarters of a tank of fuel. And they will tell you to go away and get fuel and come back, and now you just missed your appointment. 
So now you're at work in and we're yeah. back to the service thing. You know, we're late for an appointment. We don't want that. Yeah. So it takes 15 minutes to stop and fuel up a reefer, make sure we fuel them up before we get to that customer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great rule of thumb. And then making sure the temperature is correct. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the biggest piece from there. <laughs> hey, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. So um, as they go, the, obviously what I would tell them is they need to look at their bill of lading. The bill of lading is our contract with a customer. So as they get the bill of lading, and I'll, I'll use an example, if a driver goes to pick up and a dock worker at the place they're picking up says, well, it should be set at 30, but our bill, the bill of lading they get says 20. The bill of lading is supposed to be our contract. If there's a discrepancy on that, they need to call immediately. Uh, we are going to set that in our contract with the customers, whatever is printed on the bill of lading. Now, that doesn't mean we do not want to take any advice from the dock worker. But when there's a discrepancy, we need to figure that out before he leaves. So do not leave that customer before we figure that part out. Um, and then again, we, we can monitor the trailers and we do monitor trailers. Uh, most drivers who are on here are reefer drive, drivers know that we're seeing that the temps, we get alerts when they're off, but they're still the eyes on that trailer and they need to make sure that it's set to the bill of lading. And bill of ladings are not easy. Jason's working with new drivers, I know that, and he's looking at bill of ladings every day. They're not easy to see sometimes. So if you have a question, call call and we can help look through it and you know i think most of the time we now are making sure that our bill ladings are scanned in with the reefer so we can look at the same thing then um to help and it that that's helped a ton i mean i did i'm interested to hear jason's perspective on that since we've done that it was a little bit of a pain to start with but i think it's i think nope. it's made it a life a lot easier for everybody involved now nobody likes change when they've been doing something for a long time when that first came out i know everybody that's been doing this for a while is Good grief. Now I got to take a picture before I can go. It, But they can do that in their truck with the app. They can do it in the truck with the app. So don't overcomplicate it, right? No, and it's it's, just another step. It is, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff going on in this business. Regulations and all the policies and procedures, you know, left and right. It's very simple. It's just a change and, you know... Old guys like myself, we don't like change very much. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I think that's helped us a lot as far as making sure they're right. It still comes down to the driver, though, getting it right up front. And if there's any discrepancy at a dock where we don't know and we're not sure, don't leave, call so we can get it straightened out. One of the biggest issues that we still see is when a driver isn't sure and they get off the property. Then there gets to be a little bit, we, we have some issues sometimes making sure we got the right information. It's just easier to do when we're still at the customer. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to Reefer? And then let's talk a little bit about dedicated. Sure. I don't have anything else. Yeah. So de- de- dedicated, <laughs> we hit on a little Jason earlier. speechless, is that what I heard? We hit yeah. on dedicated a little earlier, and sure. it's uh, you know customers that keep coming back to us, right? That we've built a relationship with, and we are their go-to, and they're... Talk about what is dedicated yeah, exactly. So dedicated is, is, is really what the, what's happening in dedicated is the customer's paying for capacity. Um, you know, they've got certain things going on in their business that they want to make sure that they have a certain amount of capacity every day of the week, every week, every month to make sure that this product gets from one place to another. There's different forms of dedicated. There's where drivers go to the exact same place daily. There's also more where we we go around to different parts of the country to just their locations. So what it makes is it, it it's, it's good freight for our drivers because most of the time it's pretty 
I don't want to say cyclical, but it's it's consistent. Um, it's very consistent across the board that you're going to get the same thing and you're going to have consistent miles. Um, but really, the one challenge with that also is that they're paying for service. Uh, when you have a dedicated fleet, they're paying us a little bit more to, in order to do it, and that's for the service and the capacity. So, Eric, I see you here first thing in the morning. You're usually here when I leave at night. I know you don't have a lot of free time, but what do you do on your free time? What do you what do you like to do outside of the world of rail? Sure, uh, Jason. A uh, couple things that come to mind really quickly that I do. I I'm very involved in high school basketball, so I, I coach kids um, from there in the winter. Really? That takes I didn't up, know that. <laughs> that takes up quite a bit of time. I played college basketball, and it's been a passion of mine for a long time. So I've uh, been involved with that. It's it's. It's time-consuming, um, but at the same point, it's very enjoyable um, with young kids and helping them develop. How young are we talking? Are uh, I, anywhere from eighth grade up to high school. So I do some I do some high school and I do some middle school stuff, depending on the year and kind of what's going on. That's so. fantastic. So. What position did you play? Guard. I'm not going to go too much into the sports talk because <laughs> I would be lost. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of sports. I'm I'm not very knowledgeable when it comes to yeah, sports. Right. He says guard, and I picture the guy outside the door with the rifle. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> there you go. Night. But uh, you know, a couple of the other things that I really like to do, Jason. I, I like to hunt fish. Um, spend a lot of time on the water in the summer with my and family. I, I know you just recently bought a boat. So yeah, you, you <laughs> can did, uh, relate here. I can relate. We did go from a, a boat to a pontoon, and so it's not here yet, though. So uh, uh, when it gets here, I'll be happy. So hopefully, it's here in the in the immediate future. You have another delay on it. I did not have a delay yet, so uh, we're just hoping it shows up. So. Is it sooner? That what are they telling you? Telling us May first. So May. We'll hope. Sweet. So there. Well, there was there was quite a delay on ours. They told us we would get. We ordered a new one last year, and they told us we ordered it in April. They told us we would get it in end of end of june something like that july rolled around it didn't show up yet and then they told us there was a manufacturing delay we ended up getting it late august what else you like to do those honestly right now travis the and, and jason those are the those take up a lot of my time so i spend a lot of time uh, basketball is a never-ending thing for me we have summer stuff going on there so i like to do that spend a lot of time on the water with the family in the summer um and then I, I, I hunt and fish a lot. So come fall, I do a lot of hunting, uh, do a lot of being outside. Uh, you going to go out with Kevin to uh, just Alaska? Gonna, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> that idea is not my idea of hunting. I can see you so, with a big beard. Yeah, that, but I'm not going out in the middle of nowhere with Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> I, draw, I draw a line somewhere. So um, actually a good friend of mine, and we won't name names in there, a good friend of mine actually is going with him this year. So that uh, – they're uh, two peas in a pod. That ought to be interesting to, to hear the, the stories that come out of that. Nice. I think it would be a blast, personally. I'd be right there with them. That trip up to Alaska, that sounded awesome. <laughs> it sounds awesome until you start thinking about how long he's in there with uh, just there's so many things that can go wrong. I like amenities. That's, that's, not, that's not that relaxing to me. I so, love electricity. That's, yeah. that's my kind of thing, though, the middle of nowhere with nothing around. I just love it. So. Sure. I do that every chance I get. I was a big backpacker forever. I haven't done it in a while. I have uh, some issues with my knee, and this makes makes it difficult to hike vast amount of miles with the forty pound pack on your back. You know, so it's a little, for sure, a little less than I used to. But I still get out every chance I can. You know, shorter overnight trips and stuff like that. So we have a question that we've been asking of everybody. <laughs> Okay. 
If word has leaked out, he's probably all prepared here. If you were to sit down and have a dinner party with any three people, living or dead, who would they be? Uh, that didn't leak out, Jason, so that <laughs> they did a good job of three people. That's a great question. Um, I think the first person would be Michael Jordan. And, and the reason I say that is that that's not even about basketball to me. I find his competitive nature. I would love to pick his brain and figure out how he competed at such a high level on a day-in and day-out basis. Uh, so that uh, that would be one. Um, I think the dinner party and sitting down. I think Bill Gates would be too. Um, I'd like to just understand how he got to where he got to. And I think if I had to say a third one, um, it, it's maybe a name that you guys don't know, but it's Jim Valvano. And uh, so if you ever get a chance, go and there's a there's an ESPN series on Jim Valvano. He's the coach that took a team from, wasn't supposed to win, won a national title. And then he died of cancer. And if so you ever see the Jimmy V classic on ESPN, et cetera, he has now, he died from cancer, but his legacy right now is they have the Jimmy V Foundation that um, raises millions of dollars yearly to on research for cancer. Um, so I would love to hear, I've watched some documentaries on him and it's not about the basketball part for me. I mean, that was a cool part, but was hearing how he approached life. And uh, I would love to hear what he has to say. And that approach turned around a team that wasn't so good and made them pretty good, huh? Yeah, they became uh, they became a national, they, they won a national, surprise national championship. They beat a team that was supposed to run away with it. So. You, know, you know what I think of? Mighty Ducks. <laughs> this is a little more real, Travis. So yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're I, not we're not necessarily based in reality here. No, that's okay. In so, and out, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd have an interesting three people. Let's put it that way. Two of them sports related, which uh, I I'm into sports, so I guess that that's a piece of it. It's yeah. all good, yeah. you know. I of course went with musicians, of course, you know, being yeah, a, absolutely being a musician. I first one with no hesitation whatsoever was Willie Nelson, you know. So I, to be fair, I didn't even think about that, but that would be an interesting person to have some donated in party to. I can't disagree with that one. And then of course BB King, and then just just the two of them alone would be just fascinating. Might not know? need a third. No, I don't even need a third, not with those two. But then uh the third one just keeps switching in my mind. I cannot remember what I said the original time. It's just You have to go back. You have to go back and listen to the uh <laughs> yeah, Jessica just, Johnson episode and Okay. You'll, she, you'll catch up. She's the one that posed this question in the first place, and we we were like, "We're stealing that from you." You know. There you that, go. Right? <laughs> so we all we all had to we went through and we all answered it. Anyway. Nice. You got anything else? I don't think so. You want to wrap it up? Okay. We can wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Keeping It Real. Keep the shiny side up and the dirty side down. Be safe out there. Yes. Thank you for being here, Eric. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.